Thank you so much for tuning in with Trinity San Diego's podcast. A lot of love and a lot of peace and grace to you this week. This week happens to be Holy Week, and you may be familiar with that. It's a unique week in the Christian calendar where people who are followers of Jesus, uh, they spend specific time meditating and preparing for what's called Good Friday and Easter. Those are momentous events in the Christian calendar, even more so uh, the most significant events in the life of Jesus Christ were on Good Friday. He goes to the cross. He serves as a sin substitute. He gives up his life for humanity. He restores things through the shedding of innocent blood. And uh, then we look forward to Easter and the defeat of death, the defeat of sin, the confirmation that Jesus was who he said he was. And so those things are coming. We're using this week to prepare for Good Friday and Easter through some short meditations. And so Today I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. The story that I'm going to read from is Jesus cleansing the temple. It's complemented in Matthew 21 and Luke 19 if you ever want to go back and read those accounts. But I'm going to read from Mark's account in chapter 11. A little bit of context before reading. Mark chapter 11 begins with the triumphal entry of Jesus. This is where Jesus is lauded as a king. Throughout his ministry, he has consistently pushed away any sort of unique title other than saying that he is the son of man come to save. But people tried to make him king earlier in his ministry. But in Mark chapter 11, when Jesus comes into the city, he seems to accept the praise of the crowd. It's interesting, he comes in riding on a donkey. I'd encourage you to go back and read the details of verses 1 through 11. You might assume that a conquering king coming into a major city in, in the ancient Near East is going to be riding on a, on a war horse. But Jesus comes in riding on a little donkey. He's a unique type of king. He's not that charismatic leader whom everybody's looking to face shining in the sun, looking to take over the city and to, to conquer his enemies. He's a king who comes riding on a donkey. He comes humbly. The people cry out, Hosanna, which means save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. In other words, they recognize that even though he's unique, there's a different type of leader, that the things that he has said in his ministry, the way in which he's loved people, honored people, cared for people, healed people, is really distinct and set apart. They still recognize that there's something about this man, Jesus, that is worth uh, a coronation. They laud him as a king. They throw down their cloaks. They throw down palm branches and they say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is a king earlier in the week. But then in the story that we're going to read, this king takes some initiative. And he goes into a very familiar space. He goes into the temple and he begins to change routines. He begins to overthrow rhythms. And this is where people begin to bristle against the kingship of Jesus. So let me read from verse 15 through 19. From Mark 11 we read, And they came to Jerusalem and he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. This story 
really contrasts the early part of Mark chapter 11. In that part of the story, when Jesus is lauded as a king, when people are crying, Hosanna, they're throwing down their cloaks and the palm branches, and this is the Jesus we like. This is the Jesus who's, who's smiling on the, on the back of a small donkey. He's the Jesus who comes into rule and to reign, and we like him, and we wave at him. He's kind of the pageantry Jesus. We're appreciative of Jesus. Just keep moving, Jesus. Don't stop in front of me, but I'm appreciative that you are out front. I'm appreciative that people have recognized you. I'm even glad that you're a king. This is the Jesus we like, but then when we get to Jesus cleansing the temple, this is the Jesus that confuses us. This is a Jesus who has an opinion. I mean, these are established routines. The temple was the center of Jewish life. And this, this king, Jesus, has the audacity to come into this public space to begin overturning tables, telling people, literally, quote, that they could not carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them, is it not written that my house is going to be a house of prayer for all the nations, but you've made it a den of robbers? See, this is the Jesus who comes in and has an opinion about our lives. This is the Jesus who wants to do what he has always done, which is to deconstruct and to reconstruct. And friends, I don't know exactly what God is doing in this moment in our social life and around the world and around the globe through the coronavirus and all the fear and all the worry and all the anxiety, all the suffering. That is a very real part of this moment. I don't know exactly what God is trying to accomplish through all of this, but my guess is that he's up to what he's always been up to, which is, in reality, deconstruction and reconstruction. He doesn't come in with a wrecking ball. He comes in gently. But have no doubt that he is desirous of changing things. He wants to reconstruct some parts of our routines and our rhythms and our social life, our family life, our personal life. And I, I know, friends, if you're like me, you're going to say to yourself, I don't know if that's the Jesus that I want to be a part of my life right now. I'm appreciative of the Jesus who comes prancing into the city, but I don't have to have a conversation with him. He's not coming into my home. He can kind of go. He can go do his thing. The people can wave at him from afar. He's a celebrity Jesus, and he just keeps moving. But the Jesus who comes into the temple, he's personal. And he's got things to say to me. And there are parts of my life and there are parts of my heart that he's going to want to reconstruct. See, in that Jesus, we have a harder time with. One of the things that I would love to encourage of you during Holy Week is to take those moments in the quiet and to see what Jesus has to say. He may have an agenda for you. He definitely has an agenda for us. I think Jesus has been waiting for us to slow down. He's been waiting to come in. He's been waiting to be invited. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to rearrange a few things. But have no doubt that the agenda of this king is good. Here's how C.S. Lewis put it in Mere Christianity, an incredible compliment to Mark chapter 11. Lewis writes, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably. It does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? 
The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. Lewis nails it on the head. We assume that the pageantry Jesus is just going to come and kind of waltz right by us. But when he stops and he wants to have that personalized conversation, when he wants to say to you what he said to James and John, what he said to blind Bartimaeus in the dirt, what do you want me to do for you? Really what we often want is, Jesus, just come and go. Just come and go. Let me tap into you whenever we need. But he goes, that's not how this thing's going to work. Remember, I'm a king. And have the right to come into your life and to come into your heart and to begin to rearrange. But have no doubt that the rearrangement, that deconstruction, that reconstruction is for your good. You were going to be sitting in the dirt. You were, you were going to be satisfied with a little shanty. But what I want to create in you is an incredible palace. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, says Lewis. But I want to come. I want to come and create a palace where I can live. But in order for that to happen, he's got to knock down a few walls, not just fix a few drains, not just patch a few leaks. We're content with letting him have a little, but friends, I would encourage you to stop and think about what Jesus may want to do. The rearrangement, the reconstruction and the deconstruction, man, he is a master builder. This is a unique season in our lives to slow down, to let Jesus have the routines, to let him reconstruct us, to put us back together, to renew us, remake us, heal us. And uh, the, the outcome may be different than you expect, but it will always be good. This is the promise of Holy Week. This is the promise of Good Friday, the cross, and then the resurrection, is that we serve a king who is good and trustworthy. Let him have access to your home. Let him have access to your heart. I hope your day is filled with tremendous expectation. Sit with Jesus. Walk closely with him. We'll check in again soon. Much love.